Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast brought to you by the Denver Post. This is sports writer Kyle Newman, joined as usual by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran and bringing you an emergency edition of the show here earlier in the week than usual, talking the breaking news of the day and that is the Broncos are going on the market. Of course, this news expected and years in the making, but Ryan, let's just start off the show from the top kind of break down the latest update in this ownership saga, which is hopefully the door opening to a new owner here in the next coming months. Yeah, this is, this is a gigantic day in franchise history. And you say, okay, they didn't play a game. They didn't hire a coach. They didn't fire anybody. But now, you, now if you're a Bronco fan, you can start looking to the future. And, you know, and the correspondence I've gotten from Bronco fans over the last three plus years since I moved here was, I just want to know who the owner's going to be. Because they want somebody to blame. They want somebody who can keep everybody accountable. This this organization has not had that. Joe Ellis has served as the, the control and owner delegee, but there hasn't been that person at the top of the masthead to crack skulls, for lack of a better term. So just a quick rundown as we uh, record this Tuesday around uh, 2.15 is um, Joe Ellis told the beneficiaries, which are seven of eight Boland's kids, he told them uh, this morning that he's going to announce to the media that the team is going to be up for sale. Not a shock, not a surprise. This was the end game for nearly, I would say, two years, ever since Ellis said that sibling support was required for one of the Bolins to take over. So uh, the team will be up for sale. They've hired uh, two firms, one on finance, one on the legal side, to facilitate, vet the bidders, solicit the bids. Um, I'm told it's an auction not a sealed bid, so it's a matter of how high somebody wants to go for a price. And so, you know, the timetable I was given was at least six months. I think the goal is to have somebody in place by week one of the the 2022 season. It's a nice goal to have, but if you don't, you know, they're not, they're not, uh, they're not, that's not in concrete, so to speak. So, um, and the one thing, one thing I'll say is this is going to be different than a coaching search is, you know, we could go weeks without writing a story about this. So it's, you know, it's one thing you just keep your eyes on and maybe one day all of a sudden it pops up. Uh, but this is going to be a record um, and it's not even going to be close. And I think at $4 billion, I think is going to be the minimum. And, uh, you know, it's going to take somebody, you know, let's, and I asked the financial expert, I said, hey, let's say a person wants to buy 100% of the Broncos at $4 billion what does their net worth have to be? And they said at least 10. So you're really cutting down the depth chart of uh, people who would be interested in this. And, you know, an important point is while I stop talking eventually is, as an industry source told me today, look at the last couple of sales in this league, Stephen Ross, the Pagula family, uh, David Tepper, all bought 100% of the team. So this is, I don't think this is going to be as somebody who buys 40% and has like 25 minority partners. This is, this is for the big fish in the financial world. And this is the first Norwich podcast. That's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman breaking down the Broncos officially going on the market. As Ryan explained there, the potential pool of buyers pretty slim here considering a, it's going to be a floor price of about $4 billion dollars. Forbes valuing the Broncos at $3.75 billion last year, and that's only figuring to go up considering the TV deal the NFL recently got. And then also considering that, like you said, the last few teams the NFL has sold here in the, in the modern age, turn of the century, have all been 100% shares. We're not seeing you know a group. It's, it's an individual 
uh, coming forward with that kind of cash. So we will be tracking that denverpost.com slash Broncos. And of course, this will be the fifth owner in Broncos history. Pat Bolin bought the majority interest from the Broncos from Edgar Kaiser in March 1984. Well, the rest has been history since then. Three Super Bowls, seven Super Bowl appearances. So the, the bar is pretty high for the next owner to come in. And really, Ryan, like you said, fans wanting someone to to blame and someone to hold people accountable within the franchise. But this Broncos organization also needs that injection of energy and passion that Bolin brought to the franchise and, and he really gave them in the mid eighties. Hey, also having John Elway there right when he came in helped as well. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it was at 78 million that Pat Bolin paid for Edgar Kaiser's uh, shares, but uh, 38 years ago now, look how much it's increased in value. And, uh, you know, once, once this process, let's say once they identify a, a buyer, They'll present that to the finance committee. Probably meet in New York. It's uh, you know a, a group of owners on that on that side. If they rubber stamp it, then they will present to the league's ownership group. Need a uh, you know twenty five out of thirty one on that three quarters share. I think the math is right there. So that's more. You know, once the finance committee approves it, you know the rest is very procedural. But it. Uh, it's going to be uh, you know, interesting, but you know, Joe Ellis did not do a press conference today. And you know, one question I want to ask them is: Is this a disappointing day, uh, or is it a good day? You know, depends. You know, I'm sure there's a little bit of him disappointed that it came to this. weren't, weren't able to keep the team of the Bowling family, but they just there is just too much discord and no agreement that uh, that one of them, you know, the, the trustees selected Brittany to sort of groom for that role as controlling owner. But once Joe Ellis told us uh, two years ago after the season that they need, you know, sibling unanimous sibling support wasn't necessary but required. To me, I've been sort of thinking about a sale ever since, and you know, and it turned out to be that case. Yeah, bittersweet day for the Boland family, of course. Like you mentioned, the family hoping they could keep it within the family, and Joe Ellis hoping that the Boland Pat Boland Trust certainly set up to help accomplish that and put that in motion but never could come to be the family could not agree we won't go into that too much but hey now they're going to walk away with hundreds of millions of dollars each so not too bad of a consolation prize there now here's another question i have for you ryan on the sale process you mentioned it's going to be an auction style where that's what that's what we've been told that's what we've been told officially but that's, that's the that's the gist that i've received as well so with that in mind if that is correct is that a is that to the benefit of you know the fan base the 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 city of denver the the region who calls this team its own uh to have the team sold to the guy with the most money or do you want it to be other factors to be factored in that maybe won't be in an auction style scenario what what are your thoughts on that yeah, that's that's an interesting one because I've asked people because uh, I've asked people about that is are you going for the biggest price or the best fit, and and, and it was and an interesting point was raised to me that I'm going to put in the, uh, in the story is let's say Kyle Newman owns the Denver Nuggets and you you're you own 100 percent of it you're going to sell it it's your right to pick the person you want even if they don't have the highest price. A little bit different here when you're having beneficiaries and there's no owner uh, around to handle the sale themselves. So 
to me, that means the easy answer would be the highest bidder wins. Um, but also, I think they're going to be able through that process. If, if they're going to be able, they're going to be able to ascertain, you know, if they love football, if they have roots to the Colorado region and the Rocky Mountain region. So, I think that will be uh, considered. But uh, and then, you know, they throw another layer of this on there is what are your what are your plans for the stadium? And one thing that Joe Ellis told me over the summer was that his preference would be a new stadium to be built downtown. Not sure where that would be, where there's space for that to happen. But, uh, you know, do they spend a fraction of the cost to renovate Mile High? Or do they go all in and build a stadium somewhere in the metro area that includes development, retail, residence, et cetera, et cetera? So, again, that's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman on the First in Orange podcast. Of course, we'll be covering this ownership saga the final chapter hopefully in the broncos modern ownership saga here over the coming months and as ryan mentioned broncos hope to have a new owner in place by the time the season kicks off later this year in september whether that comes to fruition or not remains to be seen but we'll be tracking all the developments at denverpost.com broncos speaking of developments been a pretty been a pretty busy past seven days or so for the broncos with the hiring of new head coach Nathaniel Hackett. And he is now busy building his staff, trying to assemble his staff as all these pieces are moving all over the chessboard across the NFL in terms of assistants, coordinators, coordinators here to there, et cetera. So, Ryan, where do you see kind of the timetable for you know Hackett going forward here? And then obviously George Payton down at the Senior Bowl right now in Alabama checking out some of the draft's top talent for the first time in person. Yeah, and yeah, the good thing for I'll start with uh, what George Payton's doing at Mobile. I think the good thing for George is that he's seen all these quarterbacks play in real games in person this year. So uh, you know, he really stresses the importance of seeing these guys live. So that'll be a, a good start for him and his scouting staff. You know, as for the coaching staff, it is going to be a drip, drip, drip over the next couple of weeks. You know, uh, any assistant on a, on the Super Bowl teams, you know, you can't hire them for another two weeks. And so right. I think he'll start filling, and Nathaniel Hackett will start filling out some of his position coaches, um, you know, deciding to retain any and how many. Um, so there's going to be a lot of uh, hirings and departures coming over the Broncos wire here in the next, uh, say, next three weeks. First Norch podcast. That's Ryan O'Halloran, Kyle Newman here. Ryan, of course, will be tracking. All the latest on the coaching staff rounding into shape, denverpost.com slash Broncos. Hey, one more note before we close the show. Finally, officially this morning, after many days of reports and speculation, Tom Brady officially announced his retirement after 22 years, 10 Super Bowls, 7 rings, and a whole lot of wins, whole lot of records, really good up until the very end. Ryan, what's uh, your biggest takeaway from TB12's career and just everything he's done as a player? You know, and on uh, Saturday when this the news started filtering out, you know, I was thinking about, you know, the times I saw Brady play. And to me, I'll always remember the two Super Bowls um, in Phoenix against Seattle, which was going for back-to-back, and then the famous one against Atlanta in Houston where they're down, you know, four touchdowns or 25 points. And, you know, the fourth quarter of those games, he was impeccable. He led his team back against Seattle. Malcolm Butler finished with the interception. And then the Falcons game, you know, once you once they won that coin toss, you knew they were going to win in overtime. 
Falcons were not going to get the ball. So, I mean, it is such a loss personally because I just like watching him play. But uh, you know, uh, you know, he'll be obviously a, you know the Hall of Fame presentation should be Tom Brady. Thank you, and that should be, that should be it. I was a little surprised personally, Ryan. I thought you know. Obviously, he had a great year, another great year, led the NFL in passing yardage. Like I was, I was thinking he's coming back for another year, especially after that disappointing loss to the Rams. But it seems like the uh, motivational tank is dry, and he wants to hang out this family. Reading between the tea leaves. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's. He only knows one way. And that's all the way. Right. And so the commitment that it takes to go through a season, you know, you always think about John Elway when he retired after that second Super Bowl. And I'm paraphrasing here, but one thing he said is he was mentally he's he was never sharper. You know, he, he had the he had the answers to the test because he had seen so much stuff. But physically, you know, the the stuff you put yourself through is really uh, usually the, the end all for these players who retire. And this is the first Norwich podcast. That's Ryan Halloran. This is Kyle Newman. So I said that was the final topic, but we will close the show with just a couple comments and reactions, takeaways from Nathaniel Hackett's introductory press conference as the Broncos head coach. That was last week on Friday and brought a lot of excitement, enthusiasm, you know, thanked his dad, who was his mentor and obviously a longtime coach and a very successful coach himself and talked about his vision for the Broncos. What was your biggest takeaway, Ryan, from Hackett's spiel and lasted about an hour with him and George Payton in Dove Valley? Yeah, and, you know, being familiar with Nathaniel from Jacksonville, I knew he would come bouncing off the walls. That's just personality. But I thought he presented some good insight. Um, You know, didn't give everybody the whole buffet, just gave a little morsels of what he's going to be about. And, and, uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was good. I mean, it's it's a 180 degree difference from Vic Fangio. That's nothing wrong with that. Just that's just how it ended up. And I think some of the Denver media mafia just appeared to be in shock that this guy was now the head coach. It, it, it uh, you know, but we'll see when adversity strikes. But now he's got to put together a staff, hopefully a mix of young and veteran guys, and uh, then hit you know then really get going once they get to the combine. And then, of course, Aaron Rodgers was brought up at this press conference and George Payton saying absolutely not did Aaron Rodgers and the connection and any pull that might bring him to Denver have to do with the hiring of Hackett as head coach. Ryan, what'd you make of that? And are we to believe George or are we just, you know, George obviously doesn't want to be hit with a tampering fine, but. Yeah, I mean, I would say it this way is that if Aaron Rodgers is traded here, there will be a bonus to hire Nathaniel Hackett, but. You know, at best case, let's say you get Rodgers for his age 38 season. You say it's a three-year you know, marriage or three-year relationship at best. You better have a head coach and you feel comfortable developing a young quarterback because you're probably going to draft one sooner rather than later to, to spend a year or maybe two years under Rodgers. So I think the overall offense, quarterback development, uh, was the reasons why Nathaniel Hackett was hired. And if it helps them get Aaron Rodgers, then that's a that's a icing on the proverbial cake. First Orange Podcast, DenverPost.com slash Broncos. Appreciate you listening in to today's show. That's been Ryan O'Halloran alongside Kyle Newman bringing you some analysis on the Broncos going on the market and Nathaniel Hackett, what he's up to as he's settling in here in his first full week as Broncos head coach. 
Continue analysis online and on Twitter at Ryan O'Halloran at Kyle Newman DP. Appreciate you listening in. And until next time, folks, take it easy.